0: Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
1: Monday Night Football is in the books, and so is Week 9 of the NFL season. It's time to dive into what happened and take a look forward. Joe Pizapia and Craig Mish, Fantasy Sports Today starts now.
0: Sports Today.
1: And welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show as we get into everything going on in the world of fantasy sports. You can follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish. You can follow Joe on Twitter at JoePizzapia17. Our producer today, Sean Guastamacchia. Chris Pavona doing a great job helping out as well. And uh, Joe, we had a Monday night football game last night with some points, some excitement there. And, you know, dare I say, uh, you know, one of the more uh, plentiful points games in fantasy last night, to be honest with you. Uh, I was expecting a dud of a game, and and it was close there for a while. But in the end, uh, Dallas looks like the only blip, real blip on their radar this season, where they were non-competitive. Ironically, came against the Jets, but they certainly in the second half imposed their will on the Giants, and that's kind of the way that I saw it last last night. Yeah, about
2: you? I, I kind of saw it the same way, and I kind of have, um have the mind that it actually wasn't you know that bad of a game. I think I was like you, kind of had low expectations, and I was pleasantly surprised. It Was kind of competitive there. You know, they had that Dak Prescott turnover early on and you thought, oh my goodness, this could really be something. And I think, had the Giants been able to get the ball in the end zone there, that would have really sent a big message. And as the game went on, it would have given them a little bit more confidence. They ended up kicking the field goal, and you kind of felt like there was a moment to really stick them there, and they didn't take advantage of it. And then they kind of went back and forth for a while. Uh, The Giants had some problems, again, converting in the red zone. That's kind of been trouble for them. It was great to see Daniel Jones running the football, you know, my whole life, Greg. And I'm sure most of yours too, we're talking about Phil Sims. We're talking about Kerry Collins, talking about Eli Manning. You don't see a lot of giant quarterbacks typically running, especially on designed, you know, like kind of option runs. And it was kind of fun to see. And and they really, they had their moments. They had opportunities. Uh, Giants defense made some plays. Then they got exposed a couple of times, ended up being Dak Prescott, making a big play there when it mattered most. Michael Gallup, an incredible touchdown there for him. And uh, I'll tell you what though, regardless for me, the highlight was that Saquon Barkley run where he caught that ball and just took off to watch that man just run in space is unbelievably fun.
1: Unbelievable. Yeah. And and you need that because a lot of people took him first overall. And with the four or five weeks that he missed, uh, if you survive that, it probably was tough. But if you survive that, you need that now going down the stretch. And as you mentioned, four catches, 80 yards and a touchdown. Amari Cooper has certainly uh, produced well above his ADP this year. He has been fantastic in terms of the Giants, uh, Ingram finally put together a nice PPR game, six catches, 48 yards. Uh, I crapped on you for about five weeks on Golden Tate. That that has worked out, no question. He, is, yeah, hey. he has been, a uh, listen, as long as Shepard is out, this is going to be correct, for sure, because he has to play both roles at this point. He made a great catch, too. Uh, in a PPR, he's fine. Six catches, 42 yards. He's going to give you about 10 points. Everyone's going to be starting him in fantasy this week, and then Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, who is Mr. Consistent, never the first pick overall, never the second pick overall. Next year in fantasy won't be the first pick or second pick overall, too, but he certainly will be three, four right there. uh, 139 yards in this game for sure. So uh, is there something to be said for that? Yeah, you know what I mean? mean? Like he's it, just like steady it, Eddie, and maybe it, he doesn't have the risk of Saquon or the workload it, it, of CMC risk. Exactly. Listen, I'm I'm participating in this uh, in this fantasy baseball draft too, and I think you're in it also. Uh, I am. I don't, don't think, think
2: we're in the same one though. I just
1: made right. two picks. But I'll give you a note later. A good fantasy baseball example for this is the pick that I took, um, and and I'll, I'll give you full transparency. I, look, it's it's a uh, nice league to be in, and and it, it is way before I would do any kind of competitive draft, but. Like I was a Q drafter for my first round. I'm not. I'm Listen, I did not go and search for the first round, go beyond the obvious picks. And I, I think a good comp in baseball would be Nolan Arenado. Like, you know exactly what you're going to be getting right. with him. He's not going to be better. He's not going to be worse. But you know exactly what he's going to be. And that's kind of what a top heavy position too, where there's the haves and have nots kind of a third. Yeah. So that, that's kind of the comp that I give there. And, you know, we'll uh, maybe we'll get into baseball a little bit later in on the show as far as fantasy goes, uh, as far as reality goes uh, yesterday, the qualifying offer Joe, as I know that you're starting to work on your baseball black book, and we'll be talking some more baseball uh, toward the end of the year and into the new year, the winter meetings and all that. Uh, the big story, I think, not just a qualifying offer, uh, but J.D. Martinez decided to opt back in with the Boston Red Sox, which pretty much will help you in, your, in writing what you're going to write about him, kind of solidifies himself. Although there still is some rumblings that Boston wants to get under that luxury tax and by doing so could end up trading Mookie Betts. I, I personally can't believe it, Joe. I'll believe it when I see it. We went through an entire offseason of Noah Syndergaard being traded. Of course, he never was. I I don't know, Joe. I I just don't see that happening. Maybe I'll be wrong. I don't have any intel on this one. So this is just a simple guess for me. But provided that Betts is there with Bogarts and that other offense, J.D. Martinez, I think, makes the right call because he can go back out and opt out again if he wants after next year. So, (laughs) God, could you uh, imagine if they trade Betts and then he opts out again? <laughs> uh, he'll, well, well, he would leave. I would think after next year, if that was yeah. the case, you know. Well, but, you're, uh, they're in a tough spot, but
2: luckily the Red Sox also had the emergence of Raphael Devers last year. Which, yeah, that's
1: true too. Devers which, had a monster uh, season.
2: Uh, yeah, and I want to just point everybody to him for a second. And I was, and, and you know, like I said, what's nice about what I do is that it's in black and white. So when I'm right, I'm right. When I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and it's right there. And you'll and, remind
1: everybody about it. And too, I that. love to yeah. remind everybody. Yeah. And
2: you love to remind everybody how much I love to remind everybody. That is true. That is that's true. why we work together. But I would say this: Devers was a guy that was everyone was so high on him two years ago because he came up and he had that incredible run right he was just unbelievable hitting home runs hitting 330 everyone's like oh my god this guy's a stud and he was and then last year was the first big year in the big leagues and first full season and there's a lot of a learning curve and then this past year all of a sudden you know when the guy hits 240 over his first 121 games in a full season that's fine you know he had that 60 game sample the year before in 2017 and he was unbelievably good it was only natural that a 22 year old kid, you have to have more patience. The way he was dropped in other publications, Craig, was stunning to me in terms of ranking and what we do in terms of relative position value. He was right there. He was right there with the top of the crop, basically. He was right in that next tier of, you know, here's the very elite guys, the top guys. And he was right in the, the bottom of the top guys into the solid guys. And it's like, you can believe in this guy. He's still 22. Let's not give up. And the guy hit 32, 115. Now, the problem is when you lose Mookie Betts, you lose that athleticism in the outfield, you lose a lot of identity for the team. So, that's a tough sell too. Plus, a very popular player there as well. So, do you really think that Boston will end up moving on from bets, or they really can't find another it. way to get it done? I can't
1: believe it. I can't believe it. I, I mean,
2: what's the Bedroya contract situation? Do you know what that is? That no, overdone? No. Uh, I don't know. I you know that, that's that's can catchy, they get I mean. out of that? Can right. that help give them no, some relief? Can't get they, out of it. No, no. You know what I mean? Like make a deal, like a you know, not a Bobby Benia deal, but a deal like, hey, listen, you know, <laughs> well, um, why, why you no. Get
1: out. <laughs> I mean, that's not the way baseball works. I don't think. <laughs> Robbie uh, Benilla <laughs> well, they no but he he got a contract extension with the Mets way, they didn't try to get out of his contract they gave him He's, that was the extension that he signed uh Pedroya uh, yeah uh, yeah That's no, that's they're screwed, but it's not a lot of money. That's not a lot in baseball terms. 13 and 12. is not a lot, man. No, but 13,
2: we are trying to make sure you lock. Yeah, not, like not, not a it, lot They're in They're in more trouble, don't you think, because of the
1: rotation than anything? I mean, of course, sales that, health is, yeah. is way more troubling Big than question. the offense. Big question. I don't know how anybody could take that guy in a, in a draft right now. But uh, what am I talking about? Draft right now? Anyway, uh, thanks to Pitchers <laughs> List for including both of us in this thing. Yes, it's very nice will, of uh, my pick is coming up in this. Uh, I just made round. mine, so there you go. You so get the, you, yeah, well, let, let's save it for a little bit later save in the show. Tuesday, folks, rely on content on a Tuesday. Come on, um, Alabama LSU, Joe. If I am going to ask you for the first time all season long, uh, and I am, this is not an ask. This is an official fantasy sports today request. I know that you have things to do on Saturday. I know that you have your kids on Saturday. Before we come into the show on Monday, I will need a almost full watch of Alabama LSU. Oh, I I'm have no kids Saturday, baby. Saturday's okay. the one this day is, without. This kids. is the this is the Super Bowl of college football. This uh, I mean, look, there'll there'll be bigger games. Uh, I, know, every, I will be watching this. Okay, this There's is no the big one. This is a big one. Alabama six point favorites over LSU. The total is sixty five in the game. You're going to have about fifteen players in the first three rounds in the NFL draft that are going to be taken. Uh, I mean, this is a big one. This is it. And also, by the way, Penn State, Minnesota is also a huge game, too, because if Minnesota was to win this, it knocks Penn State out of that possibility. And this is the biggest home game for the Minnesota Golden Gophers at home, I think, ever. I think ever in their history of football. This is their biggest game ever going into this undefeated with a chance to play for the Big Ten championship. So epic week on deck also for college football. We'll dive into that on Thursday with John Lobb, we'll do a full preview. Also, a little bit later in the show, Mike Alexander is going to join us. The Raz Bowl playoffs are getting ready to start. We're coming toward the end of that season. we got the opening drive coming up next. You're listening to Joe Pizapia and Craig Mish as college basketball season begins tonight as well. What a great time for sports. Here to cover it all on Fantasy Sports today. Don't forget, you can also listen to us on demand by downloading our show on iTunes or Android. Stitcher also provides the podcast. And as always, download the FNTSY app. We post this show each hour, one hour, two hours. You can download it. And by the way, please subscribe and like our show as well. Give us five stars if you wouldn't mind. Go with Craig. We'll be back right after this with the opening time.
0: Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day. Here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bop halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it fantasy sports today with Craig Mish and Joe Pisapia fantasy sports today presents first place from scrimmage the opening drive the first play of the game from the opening play and all the way for a touchdown
1: and this is the opening drive on fantasy sports today craig Mish and joe pisapia with you here on the show coming off a relatively fun Monday night and a relatively fun Sunday night. We actually got a good, exciting Thursday night game, an exciting Sunday night game and a Monday night game. So my uh, crapping all over the night games narrative finally for a few days goes out the window. And so let's kind of talk about what's happening tonight. And if you think that it's overwhelming to have the NFL and college football and the NBA and the NHL, let me throw one more sport at you, Joe. College basketball starts tonight. I know that you're not supremely into this thing. Uh, it is hard for me to get into it until football ends, too, but I certainly will pay attention. Uh, Kansas and Duke. I mean, this is basically the number one and number two team in the country or the number two and number three team in the country, whatever you want to. I mean, and and no, no line on the game. It's a pick em game. If you're going to start off the season with a boom, this is the way you do it tonight with uh, with Mike Shashevsky and company and Duke taking on uh, Bill Self in Kansas. I, I, yeah, there's like 50 games tonight. I don't even know how you get lines on some of these teams. I've never even heard of them. And if you're trying to bet on college basketball tonight, make no mistake about it. A lot of these games are called circled games, which means even Las Vegas doesn't know enough about the teams to let you bet maximum bets on these sort of things. Like they'll minimize your bets on some of these games tonight because they don't want to screw up either. Uh, but another sport to get into tonight, Joe. So I'm all in. Can't wait for uh, college basketball season. But truthfully for me also, I'll catch a game here and there and try to identify some value teams. But it starts really after the, uh, after the end of the football season.
2: But well, one of my favorite things is listening to all the people who all of a sudden become experts in college basketball right in the first of March. And everybody knows everything <laughs> about everything. Right. And I did an experiment a couple of years ago with my kids. They were they were you know very young. I think they were five and seven at the time. Where I let them go through and pick the brackets just for you know S's and G's to see how well they did, and they did a lot better than a lot of other people. <laughs> you know, I have no idea. They're just like that. Gonzaga sounds like a funny name, Daddy. And then you just go, color that one in, and that's the one they take. So I'm going to try to keep with the commitment to the bit, which is I'm going to do my best not to watch a single moment of any right. of it. There and go. and wait 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 I'm not done. And I'm going to do a bracket with you because I'm a good sport and i want to see how i fare against everybody who did watch or did you know try to analyze or listen or whatever it is
1: yeah now to give you an idea of of more of of what i have done in the past and this will be a little bit of a longer story which we'll, you'll appreciate but since we have time I'm i always like your bit. stories uh okay so three years ago over on satellite radio rotowire decided to put together a fantasy basketball march madness draft with 10 hosts on uh, on the channel and people in the industry Oh, and fun. so, OK, so now that shows a little bit more skill. Obviously, you have to pick. Some oh, players. sure. Right. And yeah. when well, I have a question, so like, how's that go as like, they get eliminated and stuff? You're done. You lose the guy. That's it. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so you got to the ESPN up, playoff bracket thing that they do. You got You got to have guys on the good teams, mm-hmm. But you also have to know which teams are good. So in uh, in back to back years, it was incredible year one and year two of doing this. And it was fun because some of it was at Tout Wars. So we were watching it and going back and forth. By a miracle, uh, Jeff Erickson won year one and year two, and I finished in second year one and year two, and it both went down to the last game of the season, both seasons. Okay, so last year was year three of this, and let me tell you what happened. So uh, we invite. Okay, a year two somebody didn't pay the twenty dollars. Like if you can imagine, it was like such, and, and we were like so pissed about it. Whatever. This was even worse. What happened uh, two years ago. Okay, I did not. I I quit on the league this year. You want to say, well, Craig, why would you quit? I mean, you've been in this from the beginning. I'll tell you why. So year three, we invited somebody in the fantasy industry, which I won't throw him under the bus. But let's just say that he was a prominent member of the fantasy industry and he decided that he wanted to join. So we had our draft, Joe, the Monday before the NCAA tournament started. Okay, the Monday before. Mm hmm the uh the next day after the draft the player uh they announced had an mri what the player that he drafted and was going to miss the entire tournament okay so he basically said i'm going to be picking a new player from the pool and i was like what like that's not happening like you lose your player that's the end of the story and literally joe everybody was such wusses involved in this league that they were like, oh, maybe that's fair. I'm like, what do you mean? Maybe that's fair. He doesn't get to just pick a new player and anybody that what he wants. What
2: Does that happen in
1: never? None in any fantasy league. You lose and, your and, player, so, lose so, your and I said, I'm not against this. And the, and the person said, well, if I can't pick a new player, then I'm out. I'm like, wow, like this is the biggest phony that I've ever seen. So I said, you know what, if this is the way that you want to play and we we're going back and forth, I'm like, if this, and me, I don't fight like this. If this is the way that you want to play it, that's cool. Go ahead and take the backup on that guy's team and put him in fine. You know, that's the compromise that I'll make, even though you shouldn't get anybody. What was his response? No, I get to pick anybody that I want. I'm like, wow. all right. I'm like, all right, no problem. And then last year came. I didn't do the league. I'm like, I'm out. I'm like, I'm just like if you guys are, have no stones whatsoever Ooh, to be able
2: to do that. Oh, look at you. No stones. I, You know what I love about you, Craig Mish? You're deep down. You're like a Brooklyn tough guy. I love that about you. I'm you I know, like so am I. And that's what I love about it. Like every now and then you get those moments where I you have say some things principle. like that. Come on. You got a lot of principles. No, you have a lot more principles than people realize, I think. Maybe too many, some might say. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it
1: was a joke. I just couldn't believe that nobody would say, hey, hey like, this isn't right. Like, I'm hey, sorry. Listen. You lose. Hey, you, lot lot. you
2: don't get the stones. I'm out of the league. Eh? Yeah, And I love all the guys it. that were in it
1: and all the guys that were in it. I'm good friends with all of them. But I basically had to say, hey, look, if you allow this to happen, you know, I didn't say it at the time, but I did to myself I'm like hey, if they allow this to happen, I'm not going to. And last year they asked me. I'm like, no, I'm out. like. I mean, what, what, we just make the rules along as we go. Guy drafts injured player, gets to replace him before it starts. Where did that say that in the rules? I don't know. Oh, well, you know, it is kind of fair. And then I came up with the compromise to even allow him to get out of that. And it still was not good enough and threatening. And by the way, I never threatened I threatened to, to, to drop out. I'm like, wow. I,
2: I can't wait till after this is the show's over
1: and I get my three guesses on who this person is. It's not that I, tough. <laughs> All right. Uh, second down qualifying offer to 10 guys issued in baseball yesterday. Garrett Cole, Anthony Rendon, Marcelo Zuna, other guys, too. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. Was that the bigger story for second down here, Joe? Was the bigger story that Didi wasn't given a qualifying offer? What do you think? Uh, I understand why the Yankees didn't give him the
2: qualifying offer. They're so deep in, in where they're at right now. With I, I, guess, I guess there was real concern because of how much time he missed last year of him just taking that and trying to rebuild his value and really go out there again. I think I think the qualifying offer, wouldn't you say, is like this game of chicken, right? Where you're like, well, this guy's never going to take it, so let's give it to him and then get the pick, right? But I feel like with Didi... Yeah, in some cases. But with Didi, I feel like that was a much higher level of potential. If I was Didi, I would just go back there and, and rebuild. He's been terrific ever since he went there. And his value is an all-time low as a free agent. So that yeah, make makes sense. Yeah. And if yeah. you're the Yankees, you're always trying to say, okay, where are we going to be with the luxury tax? How many of these young kids are they coming through? Do we have to get extensions on? Oh, they're off? loaded,
1: man. They're, they're loaded. loaded. And Torres they're is so Torres right. and, and I, you know. played great. And Andrew Hart. Well, that's Harris what I mean.
2: Always. It's yeah. Between LeMahieu, Ursula. Too much. Uh, too you much also stuff. got Andahar coming back. Let's not forget about yeah, him. That's what I just said. Yeah, too yeah, much. I'm too, sorry. Too yeah, I didn't yeah. hear you say that. But yeah, it's too much. And I think that's why.
1: OK, uh, I get and I told you here for me. Yes, you do. On third down. Yes, do. I tried to explain this to you, Joe. This is a bad dude. Mark Walton, you know, like just bad man. You don't want to have anything to do with this guy. He's already been arrested. I told you a bunch of times here. So the least shocking thing is that he was suspended four games. Can we just eliminate him from any discussion the rest of the season, right? Yes. No no reason to talk about him? Is there no reason uh, to talk about him? He's dead to us. The only player that I would recommend, Joe, uh, adding in this situation is a player that I watched a lot of college. I don't think he can carry the ball third down, but Miles Gaskin was unbelievable oh, him. Sure. I, I hope he gets an opportunity. A lot of people
2: like Gaskin coming into the year to, to steal that job.
1: A lot of people thought about <laughs> might You know I don't know that the coaches love him. So, you know. Do they have a choice? Of- Craig, do they have a choice? It's not how much There's they love another him, how name do they too. hate Balazs? There's a third name also. I don't, i don't. never heard of him, but they have a third name of a guy there too. I probably should have done my homework better. Uh Fourth down, uh, the Nats celebrate with uh, President Trump yesterday. And uh, and look, I, I don't get it no, you put this on here. Mr. Yeah, because no I don't do the whole politics thing, but I just wanted to just bring it up because it did create for a lot of uh, meme and Twitter content of just showing, uh, you know, one tweet showed Strasburg not shaking his hand. And if you if you wait 10 more seconds, you do see that he shakes his hand and, and if Suzuki wearing the hat and all this stuff. I don't do the whole politics thing, Joe, but I did want to bring it up because for those people who are interested in content, you can obviously go check it out on YouTube.
2: Yeah, I, I'll say this about the whole thing. I think everybody has their right not to go wherever they feel and, and as they don't feel like they're being represented, that's your right. That's what America's about, is freedom of speech. And uh, that's the whole point. That's why people live and die and fight for this country, so I'm okay with it. And I'm okay with also the people who want to go there and support. That's their right, and it's my right yeah, to do. What want to do? I'm upset sure. about that, right? Exactly. Yeah. And and I, they make way too much of a big deal about the White House honoring a team and in sports in general. Like, I was like, who cares? Like I always felt like who cares. But when it came to that,
1: yeah, it's over. It's overblown. It's overrated. And and look, everybody has a personal decision. This was a DC their, team. This made a lot more sense. Yeah, than of course much. you did. You know, they kind of had to go. You and, know, and look, I mean? if something needs to be said, I'll say it. But in general, my my thought process is: when people want to listen to me, they want to hear about sports, and that's you know what I deliver. And I also prefer not to alienate half the country. You know, that's just that's just my thing. I, I just would prefer everybody to want to listen as opposed to losing listeners because I have to spew about something in a certain way. Just always been my opinion. All right. We'll take a quick time out here on the show. What is next for the New York Jets? Keyshawn Johnson is popping off. This should be no surprise. Joe and I will try and see if we could decipher who the next man in for the Jets will be. Don't go away.
0: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia.
1: Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening up a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com grid, where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open up a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com grid. Open up your new account. Claim your free wager of up to $500 today. You must be in New Jersey to bet on FanDuel, although you could be anywhere in the country and look at the site, which I am doing right now. So we're going to uh, touch on that real quick. Uh, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. you got to be 21 uh, years or older, and eligibility restrictions apply. Even if you don't live in New Jersey, you could take your car from New York to New Jersey. Get over to the line of where New York, New Jersey meet, make your bet, and then drive back to New York, which is what a lot of people crazily do to bet on this app, believe it or not. There's video of that, of people making their bets on the FanDuel app and then (laughs) driving back to New York. I can't believe that. Uh, Okay, so on the FanDuel uh, app today, we do have the updated MVP voting, uh, the awards. Okay, I do not see the rookie of the year up today, so we're going to have to wait till tomorrow for that potentially. So here is the updated votes without looking. Joe, who would you say is the favorite to win the NFL MVP on the FanDuel Sportsbook today? <clears throat> Russell Wilson. Okay, and who would be next? You are correct. Who would be next? Okay, that's good. Um, correct. Next would be your sort Lamar. of Lamar. By the way, La- okay. Ooh, is it tied?
2: Whoa, Lamar Jackson.
1: They're tied what Lamar Jackson yeah he went from five to one to three to one we're stupid we should have betted it last week we could have had we could have had him at five to one uh Lamar Jackson
2: I told you CMC is the one to bet right now with those 49er games okay so I'll give you
1: I'll give you the odds here so we'll stop with McCaffrey because I don't I mean how is Dak Prescott still on this he's not winning MVP Lamar Jackson three to one Russell Wilson three to one Aaron Rodgers five to one Watson moves up to five to one Mahomes has been where he's been. He's at, he's lower than what he was for the first half of the season, of course, at eleven to one, and then McCaffrey is fourteen to one. I think we would agree. Prescott at fifteen to one. Garoppolo twenty five. Brady twenty six. Cook twenty nine. We can stop. They're, none of those guys are winning the MVP. And the first defensive player, by the way, on here is Aaron Donald. Uh, he's not winning the MVP either. So uh, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, tied right now. I don't rookie year. I guess I'll post that a little bit later. That's going to change
2: significantly. Uh, yeah, I, I just I can't. You know, it's amazing. The do you think it's an overreaction when you have a game like that where Lamar's? No, that's exactly what I was looking for. It? That's it. Yes, yes, yes. Because that's that was his signature game. Yeah, he's a it's a signature game. But like a couple of weeks ago, he lost to the
1: Browns, and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> you know, it's it was, like you a, know what? You know what the you know what That little slip up you said was a what? couple of weeks ago. It's been a few weeks now since then, that's and fair, and, fair, and that's the deal. If this happened, we remember this is a what have you done for me lately show. This is a what have you done for me lately world, and in this world we live in. Joe, if Lamar Jackson this week throws five picks, he's going to go from three to one to ten to one. I mean, that's the that's what betting is. It's the stock market, and you're basically uh, buying high right now on Lamar Jackson when you could have bought low a week or two ago. Wilson hasn't really moved anywhere, but Rodgers is the one that's moved back. If Rodgers, Joe has a great game, he's going to move back up, and he's going to be three to one, but that's kind of the, the way that this is working right now, and Watson, by the way, maybe we should be talking about a little bit more. Five to one tells you he's got a real shot.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what. I, I still think, as I said, I'm going to stick with this. The whole Cam Newton not playing, Kyle Allen playing, Carolina rips off some W's here, and I've looked at their schedule. I think they can. The CMC is, is going to be in this conversation because if, if just saying, if Russell Wilson does not play well in either of those 49er games, I think it really hurts his bid there. I really do because I don't think, the 40, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo all of a sudden is going to emerge from that 49ers group as like an MVP candidate. I think everybody realizes it's the defense over there, and he's played better, but it's still the defense. And Wilson's got, I mean, uh, excuse me, Jackson's got two more tough games on that schedule too ahead of him. Possibly three if the Rams actually show up and play. So um, it's fa- it's going to be fascinating to watch. It's funny because I'm trying to remember, you know, historically speaking, most of the time with the NFL MVP, you kind of have a pretty good gauge. You know, it's like the Peyton Manning. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a great yeah. year. It's the, it's the Mahomes year. It's the Rogers year. This year is so wide open that I think it's worth taking a shot at McCaffrey. I really do.
1: Do you know how many touchdown passes Russell Wilson has thrown for this year? 22. You know how many interceptions? one. That's incredible,
2: man. Yeah. I looked at that <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, yeah, think, but I want to say, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Watson is at 19 and five or something like that. So in terms of touchdowns, he's only three behind him. I think Watson's But
1: those, that interception number is incredible, man. It, it bro, is. About, it, and you know what? I mean, Everybody's to throw 40 and two. Holy cow. Well, I mean, yeah. Brady had a ratio like that a couple of years ago Did Rogers, he the MVP? last year.
2: Um, No, because he had missed the four games. Remember? Oh, that's right. The- Brady Brady came in. I think he had 20. I think he was at 25 to, and one at one point. Something like something crazy like that. Something insane. And last year, Rodgers had a number that was kind of insane. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was the ratio was another unbelievable ratio. I have to go look it up. But um, it's it's just funny to me that we're in this place with and and I'm sure a lot of it has to do with injuries, too. And but the NFL MVP is usually one of these things
1: that you have a pretty clear idea and I think at this point, it's more wide open than the odds would tell you. Yeah, I, I think that the six names that we mentioned are possibilities. I don't think Mahomes can win. I know that he's here, but I, I don't think he can missing the games that he did. So for, it would be Jackson, Wilson, Rogers, Watson, McCaffrey. I think those would be the final five for me at this point. I mean, they have Mahomes. Aaron
2: Rodgers. Last year, Aaron Rodgers had, here it is, the passing touchdowns. Where are you passing touchdowns? Uh, I hate the way this thing is all laid out here. It is 25 to 2. That's where he was last year. That's good. That, we that was missed a lot of games, though. He had no shot at the MVP. No, I'm saying exactly. You know, that's, but I'm just saying in terms of like where somebody's been at with that kind of a ratio, where it's 20. Oh, yeah, something no, that's good. But he missed one. Six games, right? I know that was it. He did. He missed a couple of games. And then a, a couple of years ago, Tom Brady was, do, 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 yeah, he ended up being less than a, 28 to 2. And that was the year he missed four games because of suspension. You're not winning games.
1: the MVP missing games. That's just, it's no, just, you're it's not. But fact, the fun so. fact about Brady is in the
2: years he's won MVP, they've never won a Super Bowl.
1: Which is ironic. I know, I know
2: you like bringing that up.
1: So you're like, you're like hoping that he doesn't win a Super I'm, I'm, I'm loving playing. that he's not nowhere near it this year. <laughs> he's got almost no chance. Yeah. I mean, it's oh, not for the odds. It's just, he it just,
2: I no, just, it's not a great offense.
1: No, it's not. No, that's
2: happen. not to say that they won't click and get right at the right time because they have a habit of doing well, that, no, that out no, of the no, 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 They start running the ball in December, man. They start, they yep. start and it, it gets cold in December. Oh, okay. And they've got a uh, bye week in the playoffs probably coming up. And they've yeah. got two yeah. games to go into New England and beat them right now because the way the Chiefs, you know, unfortunately, you know, did not handle their business early and then had the Mahomes injury. So,
1: yeah. To, Baltimore, right. let's not rule them out either though.
2: Oh, no, I don't at all. But it's gonna be tough for Baltimore to have a home to have a to host a home championship game. That's mm, that's Well, like- I mean, if New England loses once more and Baltimore ties them in the end, Baltimore has the game. Uh, yeah, but if you look at the two schedules, I don't think
1: you know. Or let's not forget no, who the no, Patriots really, play. The rest do we, play. we really know, man? Do we really know for sure? Uh, Come on, you don't know. Nobody Ravens
2: knows. have some. Uh, Ravens have some dudes. They got to play.
1: Did, <laughs> I'm you, think, did you. you think the Ravens would go to New England and smash them in the face? No. Okay, so you just don't know. So let's, do
2: I think the Ravens will go to New England? No, but I did think that the New went. England would get smashed in Baltimore. I didn't think it was crazy. No, not at all. Right, but I mean, let's just let's just see it play out. Texans, Rams, Forty ers Bills—they still have to play in a row. Those are some good teams. Just saying. Okay,
1: uh, Okay. so let's get to this latest story. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson uh, goes off and said, <laughs> says that Adam Gase shouldn't be coach of the uh, of the New York Jets, which is not shocking, and this comes a day after Stephen A. Smith went after Adam Gase. He's an easy target right now, Adam Gase, Joe. Um, well, he's made himself
2: an easy target. Can we agree on that? Of course. I mean, it's horrendous. They they don't look prepared. They don't look ready. You know, when a team comes out there, usually they have a plan. They look ready and stuff like that. They don't. They look just
1: lost, happily lost, man. Yeah, that's the easy way to put it. Keyshawn Johnson says that they should have come to him and asked him about a potential coach, kind of like how other uh, players in the past have weighed in on this. And so at this point, I think it's safe to say that he has, uh, what percentage chance would you say that he has to return as a Jets coach next year?
2: Um, not to be hot take radio, but
1: I would say under 20%. Yeah, I was gonna right. say five percent. Yeah,
2: well, you know, I wanted to say zero, but then I know you're gonna you hate that kind of stuff. So well, I know. I know.
1: they could win every game the rest of the year. Well, that's
2: what I'm saying. Like they could go on a run here and maybe. It's unrealistic. Twenty percent. It's it's unrealistic the way that they're playing. But he ain't coming back. He's one and done. And you know, I'm, if I'm the GM who got fired, I'm sitting there going, you know, really, <laughs> you know, really, this is what happened. Now I'm on the out. Unbelievable. How do you hire a head coach and then have the head coach oust you as the GM? How does that work? It's very weird. Yeah. Have you ever seen something like that in all your years of sports? I never heard of anything like that.
1: I've heard of the coach having more power than the GM, but it would seem to me you would make that decision. Then before, the coach beforehand. he just hired before he coached a game for that team. I agree with what you're saying. There's a lot of coaches really that have more power happen in sports. You know what's been going on with the Pirates, the, Pi- the Pittsburgh Pirates? The Pirates brought in seven guys to interview for the manager job. They all interviewed with the GM, Neil Huntington. And then and then they woke up and fired Huntington after interviewing all of these candidates. What was the, what was the point? I mean, it's, that's I mean, weird. This is oh, the thing thing is weirder, but I'm just saying, hey, GM, hire this guy.
2: Go do the draft. And then you fire the GM after the draft and after he hires the coach because the coach doesn't like how he spent money in the offseason. I don't uh, I don't understand. I don't don't get it. I don't get it at all. So how about a new coach for the Jets? Any clue? Um, well, I mean, McDaniels isn't going to go there. He's not going to leave for the Jets. There's no way. It's just that's never going to happen. Um The thing is, you want to bring in an offensive-minded coach, so I don't think you want to bring in necessarily like the D coordinator from the 49ers. He's going to be a very popular candidate. right? But
1: Um, do you you think that the Jets are in this position now that they go Dolphins in 2020, where they say, you think they try to compete next year?
2: I do. They spent money on Le'Veon Bell. They have what they think is the quarterback. I think what you want to do is you want to bring somebody in who can get it together. Now, look, I know I'll take heat for this. I don't care. I'll throw it out there. What do you think of Mike McCarthy getting this job there? possibility yeah
1: I mean, fact, Mike McCarthy uh, he, has a really good just, history mike mccarthy uh in the in the talk saying hey look i don't know if he's the best coach or if he's the worst coach or whatever but he would have done a better job than this guy that's basically what he was saying i just
2: think yeah. mike mccarthy and aaron Rodgers just got sick
1: of each other you know And at the end
2: of the day that's that's what all that all that was about and they were losing and everybody wanted to point fingers and the superstar beat out the coach and that's something that happens uh robert sala of the 49ers comes to mind um well, well, yeah, somebody on the 49ers getting a head coaching No, I mean, he's just going to be right. No, you're off, right. somebody to get a head coaching no go. matter what but they this, did. This, year. this is what happens in the NFL. It's like, who are the hot young teams? Who's the guy coming out? It's just like how Matt Nagy got the job a couple of years ago with the Bears. Oh, the Chiefs had a really good offense. Let's pluck that coordinator. Oh, That's Flores
1: the with the Dolphins from the, the Patriots. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, he was also a cheap guy, too. He First time coach, they didn't have to spend a lot of money on him as the tank continued. Yeah. Um, Another, you know, from the Cowboys to their coordinators, very popular. Chris Richard, Shane Waldron yeah, Chris from the Rams. Richard. Yeah,
1: you know what? Chris Richard, I don't think he interviewed so good to a couple of places. What like, about Shane Waldron, too, from the Rams? You know, that McVay tree will be I begin. would love to see this this coach of the Bengals do something before I start hiring more geniuses from the Rams, man. I mean, they. that's fair.
2: Them. It's fair. You that's, that's an excellent point. I can't. I have no counter argument to that point, except you and I just both know the NFL just likes to keep going on that. Who's they successful? Do. That guy. Let's go pluck the apple from the tree and see if it tastes sweet. And usually yeah. it's got a worm in it.
1: The guy that I would hire. And I would take a shot here. I would hire, and I know that, look, I'm I'm, hitting you some, with something here that you're not all that familiar with, but it's okay. Uh, I would hire this guy, Matt Rule, the head coach of Baylor. That's who I would hire. Um, he has gone. He completely transformed Temple. Uh, he has made, Baylor was in the- I know who that
2: is. I know who you're talking about. Like when you said
1: Temple, I know what you're talking about. Yep. He's in the war, he was in the worst situation. If you remember a few years ago, the head coach of Baylor, Art Briles, was accused of- hiding all of these like rapes and all these crazy things they just got rid of him completely the team was like facing all kinds of sanctions kids all their kids left they won like two games under under this guy a rule who came in from baylor they were questioning why he took the job and baylor he's the coach of the year in college football this year i mean it's it's not even close they have a chance to play in a new year's day bowl game and baylor hasn't been good since rg3 basically So uh, that he's going to get it if he wants, he's going to get to coach in the NFL. I think this would be a good spot. But Joe, this would be a spot where I don't know. I mean, the expectation to win would have to be a little bit lower if you're hiring a college coach right out of the get-go.
2: Oh, yeah. Know. And I don't, I don't think Harba- Jim Harbaugh is your guy either. You know, like if he decides to leave Michigan, I don't know if that's the route you want to go. I don't think you want him in New York. I don't think that's a good combination. I, I think you're going to go one of two ways. You're going to go exactly what you're saying. guy like that, out of college, fresh, change the whole perspective. Maybe get a different energy in the room, and that would be probably be the smart thing. Or you go the other end of the spectrum, bring in the guy who's been there, the guy who has a lot of experience grooming young quarterbacks, and that's Mike McCarthy. And I think, yeah, it might not be thrilling but at the same time, I think he would do a much better job in terms of having that team prepared to play.
1: I think I think McCarthy's going to be a coach next year too. There, there's, listen, we know. I, mean, I don't
2: think could. Jay Gruden would fit there either. That's why I haven't mentioned him. I don't think he's a fit in New York. I well, just, New York will
1: have a new coach. Washington will have a new coach. Atlanta will have a new Cleveland coach. Cleveland will have a new coach. You're right. Cleveland will have a new coach too. So that's that's cool. going to be Jay Gruden, I think. And we know that there's going to be more than four. I mean, that's like those are the four we know. You know that by the end of the year, there's going to be five. So this is this could be the most ever that we've seen in the offseason. Like to the Bears, you can even think of it's awesome. I don't think they're going to get rid of him.
2: I, don't, I just don't. I don't think they're there yet. But the Bears are the most disappointment. They're the biggest disappointment for me this year heading into the year.
1: I had high expectations for them. They have been the biggest disappointment by far. All right, we'll take a quick timeout. We will never disappoint with our Florida Man segment. It's coming up next on Fantasy Sports Today.
0: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and
2: Joe Pizzapia. And now it's time on Fantasy Sports Today to see what's going on in the Sunshine State with Florida Man. <laughs>
1: All right, it's that time, Joe. Welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today. It's a Tuesday, so that means it's time to dive into the great state of Florida. I amaze Joe every week with these stories. He doesn't think that they're real, but they are. The things that happen in Florida are really incredible, and uh, let's kind of dive into them today, Joe. We'll start off with the first story here. A man in Florida can face up to a year in federal prison and a $50,000 fine after witnesses say they saw him kill an endangered small-tooth sawfish by removing the long, flat saw that gives the fish its name. And prosecutors say he was seen on a boat off uh, Pontevedra, which is around Jacksonville last year, using a power saw to remove the fish's rostrum, which is also called a long, narrow-tooth extension that uh, resembles a saw. Uh, they use it to attack prey. Without it, of course, they cannot survive. And so, Joe, obviously, I'm going to guess that this guy did not know that they were endangered. But the small tooth sawfish has been protected under the Endangered Species Act since 2003. And sometimes they catch them accidentally and then they have to let them go and there their guidelines for that. So I would ask you, Joe, uh, what kind of punishment does this guy deserve? Should he have known that you can't do this to the, saw, uh, the sawfish? I would say that he shouldn't have caught it and sawed off the saw. I mean, that that sounds horrible.
2: Yeah, sawed off the saw. That's a, that's not a phrase you're gonna hear everywhere, especially on this channel. The rest of the day, this is awful. It's I don't understand the whole look. I, again, I, I stupid city boy. I don't get the whole let's go out hunting. And if I did, I understand like the the archery or like the single shotgun. I don't say the people go out there with a you know. Or going out there with like a AR-15 and just like ramping through everything like it's like like it's a sport for the animal. But I, I get like, you know, archery, hunting, bow hunting. I, I get all that. I get the fishing. I understand it. It's not my thing, but I get it. This I don't get at all. This is just bizarre. And are we supposed to believe that this guy has the 50K line around to pay this fine? I'm always curious how that stuff works uh, in terms of when you find somebody that, Probably doesn't have 50 grand just sitting around in a bank account. But more to the point, this makes me upset because I like those underwater documentaries. I am one of these people that will watch Blue Planet. Uh, I don't watch Shark Week necessarily, but I find the underwater, especially the deep ocean stuff, really interesting. You know, like those neon jellyfish and those weird things like that that are around there. Stuff that you couldn't possibly imagine exists on this planet and exists in the ocean. I love that stuff. I find it very soothing and relaxing and it's good. Because it takes me down a notch because typically I'm a little excitable anyway. So this is horrible. This is upsetting. Uh, I would put this guy in jail. How long would you put him in jail for for this?
1: Oh, man. Uh, Three months. That sounds right. I was going to say months, not a year. I don't know. I don't think a year. I don't think a year because... Stupid I think I, I'm gonna say 30 days.
2: What bro. was he gonna do with the saw was he like, hey, I need me a new saw. I, I don't know fish I got a saw, if, if he was it's hunting saw
1: If he was hunting for something else and, um, and and took pictures of chopping off a hoof or something like that, people would freak out too. So I'm Here, gonna put here's the fish- a question.
2: what did he do like did he did someone video how did someone see him do this? he's out on a boat somewhere or he was in I the so. was like, saw him do it yeah I guess so. God, it's horrible. What a horrible thing. Who goes out in the who goes out to fishing on a boat and goes, "Hey, wait, I almost forgot
1: my chainsaw." Who does that? Yeah, that's true too, man. You got to really have intent at that point to do it. Yeah, that's fair. All right, uh, Florida man story number 2. Florida man was arrested after he allegedly left a child alone and scared in a haunted house on Halloween last week. Uh, this guy named Charles was at a haunted house in Merritt Island on Thursday, the uh, West Coast Florida with a little girl where he allegedly abandoned her inside the house. Someone inside the house found the girl. She was scared. And uh, it was actually the guy's daughter. And uh, Brevard County deputies say actually East Coast Florida. So my bad a man is accused of leaving the child for more than two hours and no reasonable effort to provide care for her. Bad job. I would say here, Joe haunted house. Just leaving your kid.
2: Five year old. You leave the kid in a haunted house for two hours. Yeah, that kid's not going to need therapy. This is this is great. This is another guy who should go to jail. I mean, I don't understand. Oh, he's like, going to jail. Yeah, he's going to jail. Yeah. Now, this is I would say way more than three months here. Let's get a sentence here. It's a, this is fun. We're turning into Judge Judy here. This is a really good time. Uh, so uh, I would
1: say uh,
2: it's gotta 10, be twice as much as the fish. Ten, 10 months. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll agree. I'll agree with the ten. Just because I don't want the kid to be without the father either. It's, it's yeah, someone. But I, maybe I do want the kid to be without the father. Yeah, you know, the kid this. is
1: probably going to be upset losing the father. Yeah, you may be right. I'll go five months. Yeah, uh, I'll go six. Six months.
2: Everybody gets a breather from everybody. Why don't you leave him in the. You know what? He ain't seen nothing about Lil' Left in the Haunted House. <laughs> so he's could be Where in, in the next in? Saw movie, right? Yeah, well, what do. He's left in, uh, in Gen Pop for a couple nights by himself. We'll you see you ever how that works. The, movies, the Saw
1: movies? I th- saw the first one. I saw the first one. I'm not a scary movie guy. Yeah, neither am I. I watched the first three, I think. You I, know what I, movie
2: scares I, the hell out of me? Anything where people get abandoned in like the woods kind of thing, like oh, that I'm wrong sure. turn movie. No, that yeah. that scared the hell out of me. There's like these inbred brothers in, in West Virginia, and they climb up trees, and they're hunting the, these uh, young uh, kids down. That that movie scared the hell out of me because as a stupid city boy, I don't like the idea of being abandoned in the middle of the woods in West Virginia. That that scares me. That's terrifying. The saw, saws. I, yeah, I get it. I, I don't understand the horror movie fascination for me personally. Do you yeah, I don't either, it? but
1: not, no, but I don't, I don't watch them, but I, I can understand. Look, people like to be scared. They What's the scariest movie you ever saw? I, as as said, kid, a I remember movie. seeing Poltergeist being scared. I know it wasn't scary now and looking back on it as an adult, it wasn't that scary, but I remember at the time thinking, wow, that's scary. I saw the
2: exorcist in when they re-released it. And that movie freaked me out. I'll be honest with you. They, I saw it when they put in the theaters again, when they had like whatever anniversary. I was like, eh, you know, I've never seen this. I want to go see in the big screen. And boy, that was a mistake. A terrifying movie. And I thought um, that was very scary. And I thought that I had never seen The Shining till a couple of years ago. And I watched The Shining by myself one night. And that was not a good idea. <laughs> that was a that's creepy. That was a, good good a creepy yeah. film.
1: All right. uh, Florida man story number three. A man is facing charges, according to reports here in Florida, for allegedly picking up a chihuahua in a metal cage and throwing it at a family member during a fight (laughs) last week. This guy uh, said was said to have threatened to harm his cousin during the argument in St. Pete, he threw the cage with a one year old chihuahua named Roscoe. The Tampa Bay Times reported Johnson now faces a misdemeanor battery charge. And admitted to the crime after officers questioned him, he has uh, this guy also has a dozen convictions for minor crimes, including trespassing, theft, fleeing and eluding a police officer. He was released Wednesday, ordered not to return to the home that he shared with the cousin. So uh, another new one there, Joe, Uh, Yeah, uh, throwing a chihuahua. That's a new one. Well, it's not even it's
2: throwing the box with the chihuahua in it, which is really, you know, it's one thing to pick up the chihuahua and throw the chihuahua. That's not going to do much damage. The Chihuahua in the box. That's going to do a little bit more damage. The boxes can be a little heavy, I guess. But I've, I fought with a lot of weapons. I've been trained in over a dozen different weapons. And I can tell you, a Chihuahua in a box was not one of them, no. surprisingly. No. Not
0: any was any not jail
1: time, time for this guy, given his past history? Um, I don't think so. Really. <sighs> Probably not. No. I, I don't know. I chihuahua Chihuahua's okay, right? I, well, because I
2: think we've all been so mad that we just like so mad you want to like pick up whatever's next to you and throw it. And, you know, if it happens to be a Chihuahua in a box, it's just a bad look. You know, you got to stop and put it down. But, you know, like you see, like, someone – it seems like the worst telenovela story ever. You know, like, you know, those telenovelas where, you know, like, they get uh-huh. they mad and they pick up the glass and they throw it at somebody, but instead he, he's like, I do, us me, and he grabs it. And he looks around and he grabs the, the chihuahua in the box and throws it. That's – this is, like, the worst possible Univision telenovela ever.
1: Yeah, this is definitely a new one for me. Chihuahua okay, our final one, a Florida man who had multiple visits from law enforcement on Friday uh, after several complaints, got into a uh, standoff uh, third time around. And this time it ended with this guy wielding a foot-long sword, attacking a deputy who fired a gun in his defense. This was after four beanbags and three tasers were fired at him and they were ineffective. This actually is according to the Miami Herald locally here. Uh, the, uh, the guy had a knife made threats to hurt someone over the phone he, he uh, took off running he, he re-emerged then with a small hatchet took off running again they tried to calm him down, they called in SWAT they couldn't stop him and inevitably uh, he asked to be shot, so they did they shot him, it didn't work, the tasers it <laughs> unfo- didn't unfo- work oh, no, <laughs> but, but unfortunately uh, he was taken to the medical center where he did die on Saturday, uh he was set. He wanted basically to commit suicide. So it's a very sad story. But this guy oh. was just crazy.
2: Yeah, he was. And you said he, so he had the the sword was in there. So he had a foot long. It was a broad sword obviously he had there. And this yeah. is funny. This is the second sword story we've done yeah, in long, uh, about a month. Yeah, I mean, so well, foot long. That the foot is not very. That's what I'm saying. The,
1: is that like, not long? More, I-
2: no, no. I mean, like a regular, like a broadsword's probably about three feet, or at least, you know, somewhere in that range. A foot long. If you think about it, that's more like a, a short sword. So that's not very impressive in terms of size. It's more like a big dagger kind of thing. Um, so one could also even call it a knife, depending on the style okay. of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Not to get all semantic here, but uh, oh, I will. Education. But it's fun. Educational for the kids out there, for the kids learning. And by the way, if you want to learn a lot about swords, History Channel has a great show called Forged in Fire, which is a a sword making competition there with blacksmiths. Fascinating. Basically, it's chopped, but for swords, for blacksmiths. Amazing program. And then they test the weapons on like ballistics, dummies and all kinds of other things and put them through tests, which is fantastic to watch. It's amazing to watch the craftsmanship, but it's nice to see swords making a comeback because I would say this, uh, you know, guns, anybody can do a gun, a sword that takes skill take skill to kill a man with a sword. So it's nice to see Florida at least moving in the right direction when it comes to their choice of weapons. So I commend them for that. But, yeah, it's kind of a sad bummer of a story. Way to uh, end the uh, first hour on a down note. All
1: right. You know, I'll give you even a bigger bummer, too, as we end. Uh, did Did you see the Popeye's chicken story yesterday? I just saw it this morning when yeah. I was giving the for breakfast it over a Popeye's chicken sandwich. I mean, do we
2: know is- the reasoning behind it?
1: Like it, 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 as they would say on T details are sketchy right now.
2: Details? I'm was saying. it an argument over whether or not it was the best sandwich on- or t- was it the last online, one? I
1: think, yeah, something like that. Yeah, you better give me that sandwich, Craig. <laughs> Unbelievable. You thought that the Christmas toy holiday season was bad. Popeye's chicken is yeah. The forget
2: thing. the cabbage patch craze, man. It's all about the I'll tell you what. I mean, I drive by the Popeye's all the time. I don't see any lines out there. I mean, I live in the burbs, so I'm ready. I want to do this Popeye's thing, man.
1: We'll do it. We'll do it. we'll do it. I have to set myself up to do it, though. I'm not a big fast food guy. So. I know. It'll, well, that's fine. you set have yourself have to up to day. do it. Yeah, we don't he, have the guillotine league to talk about anymore, so now we have the pivot we really, we really don't have that. I got chopped. All right, uh, coming up next, it's time for the best of the first hour of the show. Uh, Mike Alexander is also going to join us in the second hour. We're going to talk about the Razz Bowl. You're listening to Fantasy Sports today. Craig Mitchell, Pizzo, Pia,
0: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome
1: back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. Remember, this is a what have you done for me lately show. This is a what have you done for me lately world. And in this world we live in, Joe, if Lamar Jackson this week throws five picks, he's going to go from three to one to ten to one. I mean, that's the that's what betting is. It's the stock market. And you're basically uh, buying high right now on Lamar Jackson when you could have bought low a week or two ago. Wilson hasn't really moved anywhere. But Rodgers is the one that's moved back. If Rodgers, Joe, has a great game, he's going to move back up. and he's going to be three to one. But that's kind of the the way that this is working right now. And Watson, by the way, maybe we should be talking about a little bit more. Five to one tells you he's got a real shot.
2: Yeah, I will tell you what, I still think, as I said, I'm gonna stick with this. The whole Cam Newton not playing, Kyle Allen playing, Carolina rips off some W's here. And I've looked at their schedule, I think they can. CMC is is going to be in this conversation because if if just saying, if Russell Wilson does not play well in either of those 49 er games, I think it really hurts his bid there. I really do, because I don't think the 40 I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo all of a sudden is going to emerge from that 49ers group as like an MVP candidate. I think yep. everybody realizes it's the defense over there, and he's played better, but it's still the defense. And Wilson's got – I mean, uh, excuse me, Jackson's got two more tough games on that schedule too ahead of him, possibly three if the Rams actually show up and play. So um, it's, fa- it's going to be fascinating to watch. It's funny because I'm trying to remember – you know historically speaking most of the time with the nfl mvp you kind of have a pretty good gauge you know it's like the peyton manning yeah absolutely Absolutely. yeah it's the brady year it's the mahomes year it's the rogers year this year is so wide open that i think it's worth taking a shot on the capri i really do